From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. The NBN is facing its most crucial test yet, and there are serious questions over whether the network will handle the unprecedented load it's under. Today, Paddy Manning on our virtual lifeline and how it's holding up. So, Paddy, right now, millions of Australians are at home and they're relying on the internet to work and to study and to stay connected to their friends and their family and also to entertain themselves. So, how is the network coping? Well, it is coping so far to the extent that it hasn't fallen over. The network isn't crashing, but everyone involved in providing internet services is straining to meet what's been called the biggest test that the NBN's ever faced. Paddy Manning wrote about how the NBN is dealing with the strain of a lockdown for the Saturday paper. Netflix and YouTube have reduced their streaming quality by 25% to ease network pressures. Telstra has urged its customers to ration their internet use and fast-tracked a half-billion-dollar investment in 5G. You know, everybody is straining. And yet the, the network is not falling over yet. So, Paddy, the MBN, I mean, the whole point of it was it was supposed to resolve these kinds of issues around speed and connectivity. So how did we end up in the position we're in now? This surge in demand due to the pandemic um, has really kind of reignited the history wars about the NBN. Today I'm announcing that the Australian government will move ahead to establish a company in partnership with the private sector that will build and operate a fibre-to-the-home national broadband network to live a super fast... When Kevin Rudd first announced the NBN in 2009, by providing fibre-to-the-home, like 93% of homes or businesses, it was going to be a scalable network capable of gigabit speeds or even greater. This new super-fast national broadband network is the single largest nation-building infrastructure project in Australia's history. The problem was that um, in 2013, when Prime Minister Tony Abbott was elected and his communications minister, Malcolm Turnbull, took over the responsibility for the NBN, they wound back the scope of the NBN significantly. Why spend $50 billion on a national broadband network just so customers can subsequently spend almost three times their current monthly fee for speeds they might not need. They said it was going to cost too much and that they could do a quicker and cheaper job by using a mix of technologies, including overhauling the um, pay TV cables, the old hybrid fibre coaxial cables, and then for those largely metropolitan homes that didn't get either fibre or HFC, they would provide a copper-based connection called fibre to the node. So copper lines would provide that final connection between the network and the home. The reason you keep that last two or three or four or five hundred metres of copper is because you save three quarters or more of the construction cost and three quarters or more of the time. And you can nonetheless deliver... The result has been that we have a digital divide in Australia. We have about 20% of Australians with a fibre-to-the-home connection and then the rest of us are making use of an inferior technology. The fibre-to-the-node connections are already arguably 
redundant. For example, Telstra announced recently that it would not be providing 100 megabit download speed over fibre to the node. It's just simply not, the network is not capable of those speeds. What we had planned and began to roll out was perfectly designed for this nation's needs, fibre optic to the home, to the premises, to the shop, to the school, to the hospital. You cut that off and instead you adopted a policy of landing the fibre optic cable somewhere mysteriously in the neighbourhood. Frankly, the changes lie all on your head. So is the problem that the infrastructure that we've got is just not good enough to cope with demand? The, the infrastructure is a problem. We have effectively installed new fibre-to-the-node connections to half the homes in Australia that will have to be replaced in the short to medium term. And that's not funded. It's not scalable and it's not future-proof. It's going to have to be upgraded. And some people don't even have the MBN, yet you've got to bear in mind, just because they've rolled out past you doesn't mean that you've actually connected to the service. So there's millions of Australians who aren't yet connected to the MBN, even though the rollout is, is almost complete. Has the outbreak of COVID-19 and the associated lockdown led to more problems and more complaints about the MBN? Well, we just had the telecommunications industry ombudsman release its latest figures. It showed that before the pandemic, actually, complaints had dropped a little in the December quarter of 2019, which is the first time for a while that we haven't had headlines saying MBN complaints soar. But the ombudsman in its own report said that it was struggling to deal with a rush of pandemic-related complaints. So what we might expect is that the next figures that we see out of the ombudsman will again show complaints spiking. So the problems that were there already are now being exposed by COVID-19. We'll be back in a moment. For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship, and then you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with Post. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. Patty, we're talking about the pressure being placed on the MBN. Exactly how much more pressure is it under because of the lockdown? Well, um, the latest figures that the uh, MBN itself has just put out last week show that traffic is up 71% during business hours compared to where it was before the pandemic. Daytime traffic is typically about half the traffic that the network experiences at the evening peak. The most demand occurs at night time after dinner when people sit down to watch streaming video or jump on social media. The network has not had to deal with such high daytime traffic before. And realising that there was this surge of traffic, the MBN announced that it would increase the capacity of everybody's connections by 40% 
for free uh, for three months. Everybody's been given an extra bit of headroom, if you like, free of charge. I think it'll be interesting to see whether they can actually ever, the NBN can ever wind that back. So there's increased capacity being offered. Are there any other steps being taken to help improve the network? Well, for example, to ease congestion, the government last week pulled together a special working group of the NBN and the top five telcos to, quote, share information, coordinate strategies to manage congestion and take other steps to address significant demand changes caused by the pandemic. Now, they had to get the ACCC to sign off on that special working group because obviously they're rivals commercially. And it's just a sign that this is an emergency effectively and um, it's an extraordinary measure that the government has ticked off on this working group. So will these measures, extra bandwidth and this working group, be enough to keep people connected? Well, we can only cross fingers and hope so. The um, ACCC Commissioner Rod Sims came out and gave a speech this week saying that so far um, the NBN seemed to be holding up well. The NBN is certainly working hard to make sure that there is a minimum of disruption. For example, the government announced on Monday that GPs and health professionals would all be upgraded to a minimum of 50 megabit download speed internet plan for free because they recognised that there was going to be extra demand from telehealth provisions. Mm. So the government has announced a big expansion of telehealth to help take the strain off hospitals and clinics and make it easier for people to access health services during the lockdown. How is that going? I spoke to one doctor in inner Western Sydney who was doing remote consultations up in the Northern Territory with um, Aboriginal health clinics and his experience was so far the system was working. The system was holding up but it's going to be a huge effort if this demand proves to be not just a temporary surge in telehealth and teleworking but what is probably more likely which is that we're not going to go back exactly to the same work and study and you know health practices that we had before it is likely to be permanent and the question is whether the nbn will be able to service that increasing demand on a permanent basis and patty what has the situation highlighted to you about the state of our telecommunications infrastructure clearly it's a moving target for the government they have to make sure that Australians can continue to work from home study from home but to me it just shows the wisdom of the original conception of the NBN, which was to have scalable technology that isn't affected by congestion. It doesn't matter how many people are trying to use the network at once when you've all got your own fibre connection. And so the problem with the NBN as it's now built is that it's going to have to be upgraded. So even after spending $51 billion, we have another cost of 10 to $20 billion to upgrade those homes and businesses that are only connected by fibre to the node, and that's unfunded. So we don't have no idea when that's going to happen. And this pandemic has just shown exactly why a future-proof NBN was a good idea in the first place. Paddy, thanks so much for talking to me today. Thanks, Ruby. Mahler's music embodies the very essence of humanity. Experience his epic Song of the Earth with the Australian Chamber Orchestra, Richard Tognetti and internationally acclaimed opera stars Stuart Skelton and Catherine Carby. Opens May 12. Book now at aco.com.au. 
and the latest in the response to COVID-19. The federal government's JobKeeper legislation passed both Houses of Parliament yesterday. The wage subsidy scheme allows businesses that have experienced a significant loss of income to access government funding of $1,500 a fortnight per worker. Full-time and part-time staff, sole traders and long-term casual workers are eligible for the payment. However, the scheme excludes nearly 2 million workers employed as casuals and those on temporary visas. Parliament is not scheduled to sit again for another four months. Health Minister Greg Hunt has announced that the government will be distributing 11 million masks to healthcare workers, pharmacies and aged care facilities. He also says more COVID-19 testing will be rolled out for healthcare workers across the country. So far, more than 300,000 COVID-19 tests have been administered in Australia and less than 2% of those tests have returned positive. State and Territory leaders are pleading with residents not to travel for the long weekend. Police have warned that travelling for a holiday is not considered an essential activity and people driving to holiday destinations risk being fined. And China has ended its lockdown of the city of Wuhan, the original epicentre of the COVID-19 pandemic. Wuhan reopened its borders after 11 weeks yesterday, allowing residents to travel in and out of the city. But some restrictions will remain in place as officials warn that the threat of further infections is far from over. The episode you just listened to was our 200th. If you're a long-time listener, thanks for being part of the journey. If you're new to 7am, we really hope you're enjoying it. And make sure to subscribe. Over the long weekend, we'll be releasing some of our favourite episodes as highlights, so make sure you check your podcast feed. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.